Hi, and welcome to Allegedly Fabulous. My name is Kevin Loftus, and I am your host and producer. We talk all about pop culture, politics, true crime, personal stuff, and honestly, just whatever comes up. You know what I mean? But everything is alleged. Do not at me. So let's get into it. Thank you so much for listening. Let's chat. Love you. Welcome back to Allegedly Fabulous. I am in New York right now. It is Sunday evening. I am just doing some errands and getting ready for a busy work week. Um, I'm really excited to be here, but I'll talk more about that. I'm going to do like a quick life update and just like chit chat and stories. And then I'm going to recap the first two episodes of season 13 of Real Houses of Beverly Hills. Everything that's going on with Kyle and Maurizio, Dorit being hilarious, Erica kind of giving the same old, Crystal giving absolutely nothing, Sutton and Garcelle sort of half giving. We'll get into it. But okay, so let's start with Halloween. I did dress up as Britney Spears for Halloween, um, posted on it on the Instagram, so I think you all will have seen it. I loved it. Um, I hadn't done um, drag before. I don't know if you could really call it drag because it wasn't really like draggy. Like I didn't do super super dramatic anything like i did a very basic wig with a hat to cover the shitty hairline um i only did my usual makeup plus some black eye pencil that i smudged all around my eyes and i i got like cheap eyeshadows from amazon like a three dollar set from like um what's that brand called like wet and wild or something like that it's meant to be a good like cheap brand but I like didn't know how to use them. I tried to use them and it just looked like it looked like a baby had like tried to put eyeshadow on, you know, that kind of that was the look. So I ended up just doing the black eyeliner, smudging it and um, putting I have glitter. I got glitter years ago for Halloween for something and I've kept it. I, I think I must have had it in Berlin and everything, but I've kept it in like two plastic in a cup in its in its like container within two plastic bags because, you know, glitter goes everywhere. And it has just served me so well. Like if you just need to add a little spice to something just some silver glitter like through my hair or on my cheekbones or whatever or on my arms or my body like it's just the best so um I kind of put that like around my eyes and it looks like I had like a really cool eyeshadow on I was dabbing it onto my eyes and I was like this is probably like not advisable for the eye area but like I actually had no issues and I have really sensitive eyes but anyway I wore that plus like a sheen denim mini dress and sheen heels which was they looked like kitten heels to me um they were horrific to stand in for a whole evening and walk around in um and yeah the wig but i had fun it was nice to feel like i looked cute because i think that was my main thing i was like i didn't i didn't want to look like so scary as a girl um and i thought it looked cute and a lot of people were like um a lot of people were like very complimentary of it which was fun so anyway i had fun I was, there was like a woman on the street who like took a picture of me and I was like, I really regret that. I was like, where, what does that picture look like and where are you going with that? And then I was like, if anybody else asks for a photo, they're not getting it. Um, But nobody else did ask. Um, I was like, where are my chasers at? Um, Nobody hit on me, but I mean, that's fine. West Hollywood was um, very busy, but like, honestly, it was like Disneyland. Everybody was dressed as like a fucking 
Snow White or something. Anytime you saw someone scary, I actually gasped because there wasn't that many of them, but they obviously looked terrifying. And yeah, the bars were like fun. I don't know. It actually wasn't my favorite night. I find like these big nights like Pride, Halloween, New Year's Eve, whatever. They're honestly generally not as fun to me as normal nights. Um, but I did have fun like with the guys. Like we had a great time and um, no regrets. We did interact with some preachers on the way out. It was shocking to me because they looked so normal. They were like young Hispanic guys wearing normal clothes but they were um you know using a megaphone to chant like you know you're gonna go to hell like you're gonna regret this like all this stuff and me and my friends were laughing we were like can't wait to see you in hell like turn up the flames and then Daniel was like I really wish somebody would go and just like shout back at them and then I turn around and look over and he's over there screaming his pretty little face off um, at the preachers which was so funny um, but he said it himself he was like the thing that makes that makes it suck is like that's probably what they wanted and they probably felt better about that rather than when they got no reaction um, which I agree with um, the whole thing just sucks like I feel bad for them honestly I'm not, I don't even mean that in like a bitchy way I just feel bad for them like young guys with all their lives ahead of them and they're kind of sucked into some really hateful ideology and I just think even if you are very religious and you believe that the way I'm living my life is sinful I think that that's your prerogative to believe that I think it's really misguided and uneducated and you know everything else but I do think it's your prerogative to believe that but where I completely draw the line is like it's just none of your business like you just do what you want to do and I just do what I want to do and if you're right you'll go to heaven babes and I'll go to hell so why are you stressing about it but all, we all know that like homophobia has been getting crazy. Um, there's more about that in this episode when it comes to Real Houses of Beverly Hills. But there's something that I want to say and I almost don't want to say it on the podcast because I don't want to put it out there. But like I will just say heading to the Halloween parade in West Hollywood, which there is a lot of security, but it's also like you just walk in. I mean, it's just streets. They're closed off to traffic, but they're not closed off you know what I mean and uh, there's so many people around celebrating Halloween majority of them to be honest were not even gay a lot of them uh, I felt like the entertainment being all gay and dressed up um, a lot of people were just kind of like coming from other areas you could tell and they were just like strolling around and enjoying it um, it doesn't feel safe anymore to be in America in a space like that um, yeah, that's all I'll say. It's just a terrible, terrible thing that we're at that point. Um, but hopefully, hopefully it will stay as safe as possible. Well, let me just go there. What I was going to say about Real Houses of Beverly Hills and homophobia. BravoCon is on right now. It's in Vegas. It looks really fun. They've really stepped up like the production levels. It looks so professional. All the footage that I'm seeing is so high quality, which is great because I feel like last year it just seemed so messy and crazy. And I haven't been either years. I kind of don't have an interest in going because I just kind of am so much happier to sit on my bed and eat chocolate pretzels and watch the content um, rather than like be kind of ferried around some hotel and like trying to catch glimpses of people and you know spending loads of money I mean who knows maybe I'll, I'd love to it would be nice to go at some point but like I'm not going to put myself through that and I kind of have enough going on obviously I'm in New York for work but basically Jeff Lewis hosted a panel with Andy Cohen um, or hosted some event with Andy Cohen and he was on fire cracking jokes and he made some really funny jokes about it. a few different people encourage you to watch the panel or watch the clips like he is very funny 
and he made a joke about Crystal. He was like, Crystal, in the first, I watched the first episode of Real Houses of Beverly Hills, season 13, and it was the best episode because Crystal didn't say anything. Um, so he obviously made like a snide joke at her expense, and it's true because, well, it's true that Crystal had like no presence at all in the first episode. And so obviously this is the way it always goes, right? That happens, and then Crystal's asked about it on the red carpet, and she said, she said something along the lines of mm, I don't really care like who is he he's just a bitchy bitchy guy and he just he's bitter because he wants to be a housewife and he never will be he's a cocksucker so I paraphrase that but he she used the word bitchy more than once um she said you know he wants to be a housewife he never will be and he she called him a cocksucker so in one way it's like it's not a big deal it's a clapback I've seen some people but I instantly knew why I felt uncomfortable with it and a lot of people will think I'm being like too woke, whatever, that's fine. But like to go there, to go to the most kind of like homophobia tinged response, it kind of just shows, I just think Crystal does not have the skill to be involved in this world. Now we've had her on for two years. She's done barely anything except for have meltdowns when she's pushed too hard because I don't think she has the emotional skill to like actually do this. Um, instead of coming back with something actually funny or going above it or whatever, she went with something to try and hurt him. And what she grabbed for, it just shows, it just shows like lack of, lack of skill and lack of maturity and lack of like, I don't know what, like reading skill. I don't know what the word is, but like a lack of capacity to like give a good read because she had to go for the like the jugular, um, which is the fact that he's gay. So I just think that that tells you probably what kind of person she is at her core even though I'm sure even though she you know pretends to be the most woke person ever um and if she really is woke she'll come out and just say listen I'm sorry that's not how I meant it um but I have a feeling she won't because she seems so stubborn um because like I don't think it's an unforgivable thing but I do think there's like you're 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 demasculating him there and I just think like you didn't need to go for the gay thing um and I just think you are going for the gay thing there like I don't think she would have said cocksucker if it was anybody else um so i don't know i just like honestly i've been so on the fence about crystal this whole time but she's a massive nothing burger and i'll get into that more as we talk about the actual episode oh fuck it whatever let's just keep going like her only scene in episode two that i even fucking remember guys is where she sits down with her husband who i love the director of the lion king don't remember his name and her brother this chinese like former pop star and they're talking about absolutely nothing and they're sitting down and she tells a story about, you know, how her brother is like the Justin Bieber of China. And I'm like, I know that this is a show that has a lot of casual viewers and most people, I think there's like 20% of people watch it really intensely like I do and pick up on everything and listen to the podcasts and everything. And then however many other percent, like, you know, just casually watch, dip in now and then, remember Lisa Vanderpump, remember Kyle, you know, like, whatever. Um, and they have to do some threading. But we had this scene before from Crystal. We had a scene where she's chatting with her brother and she says her and her brother have, like, a fun relationship and he is, like, Justin Bieber in China. So now you've gone two episodes, one where you don't get Crystal all, barely, and the second one where you get her just repeating a scene that she's already done in a previous season, which wasn't interesting the first time, it made me annoyed the second time. 
because you're on a major major show find something find something to talk about I'd rather let's pick up where you were on your eating disorder I know we already did it but like that would be a better storyline like whatever anything anything give us something you're giving us nothing and like I just been so like I've been of the ilk I'm I'm one that's like people talk about like oh this is a transition season for Beverly Hills they just got rid of Lisa Renna no guys this is a major major show for Bravo which is owned by NBCU they don't have time for a transition season everybody needs to bring it from the get-go and I've been very that's that I've been very like yeah Crystal like whatever like maybe she needs to settle in maybe she needs to be around different people whatever like uh, the excuses are done I don't actually think Crystal should be back next season based on what I've seen in the trailer and based on what I've seen so far like I think they do three-year contracts now so maybe that's why she's there maybe they're just like whatever we'll just use her um but she is completely irrelevant to the show and like you could take her out and like at some point I'd be like oh wasn't Crystal there at some point I guess she's gone now that would be my reaction if you just took her out from the rest of the season like I wouldn't even notice okay so we're already in it now so let's go back to the beginning I think my first note is like I wasn't that excited for it to come back I just feel like it's a new era I was just like has this peaked like sometimes I enjoy things and then I enjoy them while they're still like a bit of a cult favorite and Real Houses of Beverly Hills has become so big it's so mainstream now um, and sometimes I feel like that happens like after it's had its best few seasons and it's always down from there but I really enjoyed it like it the show is like comfort food the production has stepped up every season they step it up they've introduced music that's not that has like lyrics and stuff just the way like selling sunset led that trend the Kardashians has done it now it's kind of weird I'm not gonna lie but it does feel more contemporary um, Sutton and Garcelle have a few scenes together I like their friendship I like them as a comedic duo and kind of in some ways I feel like they're a heart of the show um, and they do well in their confessionals but I feel like it's Kyle especially Kyle it's like has the star power like I feel like it's all about Kyle I mean Dorit is also doing amazing I know there's other women involved but like it's honestly all about Kyle this season especially because there's no Lisa Rinna there's only a glimpse of Denise Richards only a glimpse of Camille Grammer only a glimpse of Kim Richards like it re it like there's no Lisa Vanderpump obviously like but seeing a few of them because I think we get those three women Camille Denise and Kim Richards in like at one event and seeing them in the, they're obviously used in the trailer and Kathy has gone too like I might have said this in the first half but like it's it's a big loss like those are the women I think honestly that have like a mystery about them and a star power about them and I honestly feel like that's kind of missing from the show now um Garcelle is so classy but like I just don't find her that interesting I'm sorry Sutton is quirky and I like that about her but I don't know she could be a friend of to me sorry I know that's an unpopular opinion um Erica's like ice queen thing is getting a bit boring um Dorit I would have said demote Dorit but she's really coming out with fieriness which I really really enjoy Crystal obviously goodbye so it's really just Kyle for me and I feel like the last couple seasons a lot of people have been very critical of Kyle that like she's not getting her hands dirty and I think that they were right um but not anymore 
Okay, so let's talk about Dorit. She's just, I think I'm in the majority in terms of like, I just, you can just tell she's activated. She is swinging every chance. She, it seems like she's like heavily involved with production because she's the one that gets the first few, she sets up the first few scenes. She clearly went into those scenes knowing what she was going to say. She knew she was going to front Erica, etc. And I don't really care about any of that, but she just did it well. She did great confessionals. She was very funny when she was talking about, you know, Erica isn't a showman. That's not a showman. That's a bitch. Like, just a simple line, but, like, who knew? I guess we needed it. Her mousy brown hair is not a vibe, and her fashion is not a vibe. I'm so sorry. Like, I like the woman. She's not fashionable. It really kills me that every time people are asked, like, you know, bravo celebrities or in general, people are like, oh, she's so fashionable, so she brings the fashion. That's what she brings to the table. Or, like, who's the most fashionable one? And they'll be like, it'll be Erica or Dorit. Like, Erica at least has a very distinct style, like it or not. Um, Dorit's not fashionable. She's not. She just wears a lot of labels. And I like labels. I love, like, give me, like, plaster me and Gucci. The girl's not fashionable. Um, the red dress in the pretty woman scene was not nice on her. Like, whatever. I mean, she's obviously, it, it was nice on her, but, like, not really. Not at the level that we're used to. Not at the level that a lot of the other women are bringing. And, yeah, back to her hair for a second. Um... I would love to see her with a bright red, like, um, Jessica Rabbit tone. I think that that actually would make her seem fashionable, too. I just think it would be so striking, so different. Um, I think blonde or that. Maybe, like, a pla- maybe like a one-tone blonde. She's always had, like, so many highlights. I just feel like... Uh, no. Like, a platinum blonde or, like, a one-tone whatever blonde. But, like, one block color or else black color red I think would be gorgeous on her this mousy brown shit is is weird it's just not that flattering and the burglary I mean come on she's been burglared so many times and I've always been the one that said like I think it's I think it's real like people get burglared in LA all the time blah 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 even though a lot of people questioned her but this one isn't really checking out so the story she's going with she basically saying she was burglared She's burglared a few years ago. She was burglared then at gunpoint only like probably two years ago now in real life. But on the show to us, it's like one year ago, I think. Like as the show airs. And now she's saying it was the holidays and she went to the bank and she took $10,000 out for gifts. And then she went shopping and she put the cash in her trolley. And when she got to the cash register, the cash had been taken from her trolley. And then when she did the police report, they found out through security footage that she had been followed by two men. And that triggered her PTSD, which she had had from the previous robbery. And that set her back on her sort of hashtag recovery. But maybe your PTSD should have been more triggered to begin with. And maybe you wouldn't have done that because that is the most bizarre story. And everybody's criticizing her for this. It doesn't make any sense. She needs to... It just doesn't make any sense. I Again, I feel like I'm a gullible little... Gilfoyle because I I like I believe anything so like I believed when she said she took out the $10,000 cash for gifts I was like like I give people the benefit of the doubt I was like okay maybe she um maybe she was giving cash gifts to her staff because that's what people do I've never obviously been in a position like that but I know from people in New York who have um 
like door staff and this and that like you're expected to give a cash tip at the end of the year so i can imagine if you're someone like dorit who probably has two or three nannies a housekeeper a gardener a driver or at least like part of the time like maybe this makes sense right but you would get that cash and you would drive home and you would give that in your home or like in envelopes or whatever to those people so why would she be paying cash for gifts like that doesn't make sense you would always use a card like and even if you were paying cash for gifts why did you just put the cash in your trolley like what was it was it just lying bare notes floating around the trolley while you were in the supermarket or was it like in an envelope from the bank or was it in somewhere incognito you didn't put it in your handbag um, and even then, like, you shouldn't just have your handbag if you've got $10,000 cash. Like, I'm not the first person to say this, but if I ever carry more than, like, $100, I'm like, oh, gosh, I have cash on me. Like, I'm a little bit conscious of it. I'm like, it's in this pocket. I'll be aware. And I'll, like, check the pocket probably a few times as I go. Like, I remember, I think, one of the times I moved to... Spain or something I remember I had like a large amount of cash on me I'm not sure why maybe because I needed cash for like my deposit on the apartment or something and I remember putting it into like three different places on my body and one place on my bag and being like so awkward about it and like I am OCD but like $10,000 and you say you have PTSD from this other incident like Dorit come on either the benefit the only benefit of the doubt I can give you at that stage is that you're a fucking idiot you're an idiot that's the benefit of the doubt is that you're literally thick in the head. Um, because at worst, you're just making all this up. But I just, I actually feel like it may be the former because why would you, if you were going to make this up, wouldn't you make up a better story? It's a genuine question. But we'll leave that there because she's entertaining. Okay, Garcelle, I've never really warmed to Garcelle and I've always been afraid to say it because I don't want to be accused of racism, but I think it's because she's so classy and that's just not my vibe and um to be honest I've always felt like she was very guarded and I have to say for those reasons even though she's still classy and guarded um I was really impressed by her conversation with her kids on the beach so she for her personal scene she um takes her two kids the twin boys who are like 15 or 16 to the beach and one of them they have very different personalities and one of them kind of like is kind of mean and like a bit bitter and is like you weren't you haven't been there for us you've been traveling a lot with work like i needed you as a mom before and you weren't there and she kind of doesn't really know what to say some people are speculating that this scene wasn't real i think it was because it doesn't really look good for the kid and it doesn't really well i think it looks worse on the kid than it does on garcelle i think everybody watching it felt for garcelle um, I think it looks makes the kid look like a brat. I can't imagine that she would put her kid up to do that. Like, that would be weird, and it doesn't really fit in with her personality. What we know about her is, like, she is, she has a, like, she considers herself to have a lot of integrity, whether you agree with her choice or not. Like, that's how she carries herself. Um, which, I mean, that as a compliment. So, I thought it was unexpected that she would really go there in terms of opening up her like into a vulnerability like that and I did think that it was nice but I also just don't, don't think that I'm that interested and I'm not even just saying that about Garcelle like this season so far is pretty heavy on the personal storylines and again that's kind of where I'm not that interested 
and I kind of am a bit worried about the casting um, because it's just this group. I just feel like Kyle is carrying it um, and Dorit's mischievousness is kind of carrying it and I don't even remember, like it would take me a minute to name all the rest of them, truly. Like I can obviously, like Sutton is stirring. I just would have kept the cast as it is and thrown in, you know, all the women we just talked about a few minutes ago, Kathy, Denise, Camille, Kim, and, and, and you can figure out yourselves who's the friend of and who's full time, I don't really care. But like, I need all those women more. Like LVP, I'd love to see LVP back. I would love to see Teddy back. Like, I don't know. I just feel like there's, there's, I just feel like there's rich relationships there and we're not seeing them because these women, I don't think they really have that serious, genuine relationships. Garcella's a little bit of an emotional blackmailer. Like in the preview for the upcoming episode, episode three, we can see they're all together and um, she says, you know, she's obviously planned this. It's like, I just want to tell you my truth. And my truth is that I am not really comfortable having you all around my kids based on what happened the last time. And Eric, and they kind of all like just listen and they kind of go straight to like apologies or like kind of like, a, I don't know if it's a bit c- confusion or whatever, but you know, Eric is like, I, you know, I'm, I am sorry about that. And I did apologize to you. Or she says something along those lines and Dorit and Kyle, I think, start with something similar, and then Dorit, and then she's like, yeah, that's just my truth, though, like, I'm just being honest, and then Dorit is literally like, okay, but what's it gonna take, though, because that was over a year ago now, and I was like, yes, Dorit, like, call her out, like, come on, because I just struggle to believe that she's actually that hung up about it still, or I would just, I think it's a different thing. Maybe she's using that as a proxy for the real issue. Like maybe her real issue is like, I don't really trust you all. I feel like you guys would all throw me under the bus if you had the opportunity, um, something like that. Like, I think that's more believable, but maybe she feels like she can't say that because it's breaking the fourth wall too much. Like maybe there's reasons, other reasons we don't know about that she doesn't trust them. But like, I don't know, like it was just a bit sanctimonious, the whole child thing. Is that really harsh? Um, I don't support, obviously, what happened to her child on the last season, but, like, uh, I agree with Dorit on this one. But, yeah, Kyle's just on fire. I love her blue jacket that she wears on the trip to Vegas. She is just, like, I think she's just, like, more confident or something, and I think she's just being actually more genuine than usual, and, like, not that I don't think she was being genuine before, but I think before maybe she put a lot of pressure on herself to be a certain way. And I think she's so kind of accomplished and confident now that she's just like happier to be a bit more provocative. Um, I thought the scene with her and Dorit in the car was interesting. So there's a scene where at the their first time hanging out together, they're driving somewhere and Dorit's like, are you okay? You've been a bit down. Or a bit distant. She's like, I haven't seen you in moment ages. And Kyle just doesn't really say anything. And then she kind of says, like, I just felt like I needed space. And Reed's like, to be clear, space from your husband? And I think Kyle said, yeah, I don't really remember. But I was kind of like, I kind of appreciated them both in the moment. And then anyway, we go from there to like Kyle's having some kind of, oh, like, yeah, she's celebrating Portia's, is it 15th? I feel like every season we're celebrating Portia's 15th birthday. I don't really know. But she's celebrating some birthday for Portia. So 
all the sisters, all the daughters are there, all of Portia's sisters, Mauricio's there, Mauricio's mom and dad are there, and they're all kind of running around getting stuff ready. A lot of Portia's friends are there, and Mauricio's mom, whose name, she's got kind of a funny name, it's like Esmelda or something, Griselda, not quite that, but anyway, she says to Kyle, oh, like, what's been going on? I've been hearing you know, are you okay? Like, I've been hearing all this stuff and usually I don't pay any, any attention, but this time it just felt... And Kyle's just, like, kind of staring at her wide-eyed and she tries to deflect. I don't even remember what she says. And then she kind of walks away. She deflects, like, pretty successfully, but I do think that the mother-in-law got the impression. I think it alarmed... If this was a genuine scene, which I think it was, I think it alarmed her more than reassured her because I think she's probably used to Kyle being like it's so hurtful what they're saying and instead Kyle like kind of laughed and distracted and ran away and the mother-in-law kind of turned around and looked at the camera and I think then she so I interpreted that like she was like oh oops maybe I shouldn't have done that on camera and Kyle has said in an interview with two teas in a pod that that's the reason that Mauricio was on edge for the whole night um, because you could tell they weren't getting along, they were kind of bickering with each other, and then Kyle did start acting, like, acting out. She's causing chaos. Like, she's she's acting out, she's pushing everyone's buttons. She ran out then and told the mother-in-law that she has a tattoo and that Mauricio has a tattoo, which apparently was going to be sensitive for her, and then Mauricio was mad at her over that. Whole thing. I thought this was really interesting, and I, I think... Okay, one more piece. There was also, in the first episode, there was a scene where just Kyle and Mauricio, and she's giving him cheek, basically. I'm not even going to recap the scene. But those two scenes together, and those are the two crucial ones, but every, like, I just, the Kyle haters just, like, won't give her a break. I'm like, either she's a great actress, and this is all fake and set up. I do think the timing could be off, like, that first scene where the two of them are together, like, could have been filmed later on, but for the purpose of making this a dramatic like a thread throughout the whole series, they might have just moved it up to the first episode. But I do think these things are real. Again, I tend to be gullible, so maybe I'm wrong. But I just think it's like, is Kyle an amazing actress and this whole thing is plotted? Or is this real and she's being honest and forthcoming and and like being real on camera? Because I just, uh, the haters will say both depending on whatever tweet they're on. Like, literally one tweet is, she's a, she's a terrible actress, blah, blah, blah. And the next tweet is, you know, she's being fake on camera. This whole thing's fake. It's like, I just don't think you can have it both ways. And then BravoCon was this weekend. Kyle got emotional talking about the divorce. Vicky was honored, which I love. But then she went after Teddy, which I didn't love. Bethany is raging that the Vanity Fair article did nothing to take down Bravo. Okay, that's all I have in me. Please let me know if you're watching House Real Houses of Beverly Hills this season. And we'll talk after episode three. Love you so much. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. I really appreciate you. You can find us at Allegedly Fabulous everywhere on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Definitely please go ahead and give us a five-star rating if you liked it and a review. Share it with a friend you think will be interested. And we're on social media as well, pretty much everywhere. So Instagram at Allegedly Fabulous, 
threads at allegedly fabulous twitter at allegedly fab i think and tiktok also at allegedly fabulous and you can also get me on instagram at kevin t loftus thank you so much again for listening until next time love you bye